Welcome to the City Till I Die Supporters Podcast. My name is Dee Kern. The path to European football is looking a little bit clearer now as Derry City had defeated Longford Town 3 goals to 2 on Saturday night past and thanks to some of the results that have occurred across the League of Ireland, Derry City are now back in 3rd place and just one victory away from cementing their place in the Europa League qualifiers. Barry Tierney and Paddy Morrison join us on the supporters panel to discuss everything that occurred at City Collins Stadium on Saturday night and we look ahead to the match against Bohemians on Friday night at Brandywell Stadium. This and more on the City Till I Die Supporters Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, what's happening now? You're welcome to the City Till I Die Supporters Podcast. Andrew, did you happen to hear the match on Saturday night? I know you weren't able to make the game. I didn't get a chance to listen to it. No, but I've seen the highlights since. Uh, it looked like a very interesting game. It's, I believe your, your highlights weren't uh, worth listening to anyway. I, I, well, I haven't listened to our highlights that we're about to play in a matter of moments yet, but uh, you are correct. There was a, a, maybe a mistake or two that was made uh, throughout the final goal, and I may as well explain myself whilst I'm here because I'm at everybody's mercy. If you've ever been the the old Flan Zero, uh, the City Collins Stadium, there is some pillars just blocking one of the goals from where we were sat. I could see where the penalty incident happened and could see that clear as day, but the other goal, it caught across the 18-yard box. It's a bit sketchy. Josh Daniels runs down the left-hand side, plays this magnificent ball. I saw that now. Definitely saw that ball. And I couldn't see who latched onto the end of it because whoever the player was was behind the pole. But I automatically thought, that's Ronan Curtis because he's been on that side the whole game. So I say, Curtis on the ball. Curtis scores. We all go mad. Gary Ferry, top his voice. Curtis! You know, just going crazy in the press box. And they give it out as Ronan Curtis. Everyone in the press box believes it's Ronan Curtis. It was Rory Patterson. It wasn't Rory Patterson <laughs> by a long stretch, Rory Patterson. What I have to say is what vilified me in saying Ronan Curtis, Rory Patterson's reaction to scoring the goal because for once he celebrated, he ran from behind the pillar where I was looking to the other side, but I turned to Gary Ferry and we were throwing arms around and screaming and I wasn't paying attention to what was going on the pitch. So I just that was Ronan Curtis, this is amazing. Gary Ferry starts throwing out stats about this the first time that any Derry City player since Rory Patterson in 2014 has scored five goals in, in consecutive games than everybody else on Twitter. And all these news outlets, Extra Time give out that it was Ronan Curtis, uh, Goal.ie give out that it was Ronan Curtis. I heard Paddy Power was giving out that it was <laughs> Ronan Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> I think Life Score gave it out too before they made the correction. All of a sudden, even though Simon Collins had written on his own Twitter account, or maybe it was the Journal's one, that it was Ronan Curtis that got the third and said to I think that was Rory Patterson, you know, and then they started running around the ground. They found it took us five minutes to realise that it was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to put my hands up and say, I apologise, ladies and gentlemen, I was not paying attention. See, there was an extra problem connected with that because Rory Patterson was two goals behind Sean McGuire for top goal scorer this season so far. And you might have robbed him of that. Ah, uh, God. <laughs> Depending on who the officials gave it to. I'm sure sure they got it right and gave it to Rory Patterson. I'm sure but, they uh, did. I, I'm sure they but we did. can't be too sure. It seems every other media outlet gave it to Ron Curtis. Uh, great result, all the same, Andrew. And it worked out brilliantly because of what happened with Shamrock Rovers against Bohemians. Yeah, amazing. I don't think anybody's seen that one coming. But, uh, you didn't. But I, I definitely didn't. I called it differently. Uh, fair play to Bohemians. Puts us in the driving seat now for third position. Don't forget you can follow us on social media at CTID Supporters Podcast is our Twitter account. Our Facebook account is hashtag CTID Supporters Podcast. And you can subscribe to this on iTunes as well by going to hashtag CTID Supporters Podcast and hitting that subscribe button. And on SoundCloud, give us a follow. And with SoundCloud and iTunes, as we upload each podcast, you'll get a notification saying that a new podcast has been released. 
So it saves you from having to go looking for it. We are going to go now to our highlights package from Saturday night. And instead of hearing Curtis, how about you hear Patterson in your own heads? But here we are. Thanks to Drive 105's Match Night Live. Down towards his right hand side to Don Coyne. Don Coyne will play this space, but now he's being closed down by Jarvis. He shows him a bit of the ball, goes over towards White, and then comes across, and it's 1 0 to Lawford Town. Dave O'Sullivan has made it 1 0. It was great play there from Lawford Town as it was made, as the ball was played along the ground towards the right hand side. Coyne had waited for the arrival of Jarvis, showed him the ball before going outside of Jarvis, crossing it along the ground into the edge of the six yard box where Dave O'Sullivan had just run, had cut through the middle and just tipped it at the front post towards the back post. We are 12 minutes gone in this fixture and it is Lawford Town 1, Derry sitting on the centre, cuts the ball over towards the left wing, here's Curtis. Curtis tries to get the ball on the right foot, crosses in 18. Oh, Flynn gets a touch there. Recruit back yeah, to the back. Barry McNamee. Barry McNamee has equalised for Derry City here with 38 minutes gone. As the cross came in, it took a touch off uh, off Flynn. And as it made its way out towards Barry McNamee, he was standing in acres of space, got the ball on the left foot, took the shot towards the near post, has gone past Coulter. It is now long for time one, Derry City one. Simon down this left hand side now cutting in now inside the 18 yard box he's gone to ground after trying to turn away and a penalty's been given Venman has brought down Simon as he got the ball on the left wing he was running alongside Venman O'Sullivan's going to take this on his right foot going up against Jared Doherty some of the Derry City fans on behind trying to put him off O'Sullivan strikes and sends it to the other side of Jared Doherty Jared Doherty guessed that it was going to go down to his right hand side it went to the left Longford Town have retaken the lead again to Mark O'Sullivan it's now Longford Town 2 Derry City 1 back three, chips the ball straight down the centre and that's an easy one there from Nvita to come forward with but a great challenge from Barry McNamee, plays it just to the centre to Curtis, bit of an opportunity here for Patterson but that's great coming from Nvita, chance comes down here now, yes, Chris Ray Patterson with the goal, Billy City are back in, this is 2-2 after Nvita trying to stab the ball out of the box a couple of times and eventually landed in the path of Rory Patterson who on the right foot sweeps the ball past Ryan Coulter and it's long for turn two. Now you're going to try and turn the screw and get forward through Josh Daniels. Daniels slows down the play. Now 55th here with Gannon. Tries to put the ball on the ground to Curtis. Curtis on the 18 yard box. Takes the shot. Yes! Oh, Curtis! Rona Curtis has put Derry City ahead for the first time. For the first time this, this game, Rona Curtis has put Derry City ahead. As the ball was played down at left hand side, he was able to turn on his right foot, face the goal, and just puts the ball past the stretched out body of Ryan Coulter into the far post. It's long for time two, Derry City three. And do you know what? A very entertaining game down at the City Collins Stadium with Derry City one and three goals to two. Post-match, I uh, caught up with Barry McNamee, but first of all, here is Dermot Liddy interviewing Christian Castells on behalf of Drive 105's Match Night Live. Today, uh, it's dif- difficult uh, because the, the other team, uh, for uh, to- very tall uh, players, uh, tall uh, 190 meters, is difficult in the corners, difficult in the long balls. But uh, I like I like this because it's my it's my it's my job it's my football because uh, the strong when when jump when, when my head but, uh, today is 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 a good a good match but it's different because uh, because the other the other team uh, only strong long balls is the the this football for me it's a pleasure uh, play today all the match uh, 90 minutes it's important. For me, important for for the team because uh, one player more is possible play uh, and not not problem. And for me, it's a pleasure to stay here. 
uh, every day learn, every day learn. I, I am very happy that the, the, that they stay here and, and learn all the time because because I, I like I like this this football. I like uh, the city. I am I am very happy. Oh, it's definitely hard fought now. We new coming down here. They got a big boost from obviously Wexford getting beat last night, so they thought that'd be a good chance to close the gap in them. So we knew we were going to be in for a tough time. Thankfully, come out on the right side of it. Over the years, we had a lot of tough nights. Um, we were obviously beat down here last year and we drew earlier in the season, so we knew it wasn't going to be an easy place to come. And we've been unlucky the last three games as well against Rovers and Dundalk, but we didn't feel sorry for ourselves anyway, so we just had to get back at it. And Roy got two goals in five minutes or something like that there, so it's obviously great to get the three points and back up the road. I know we can clinch Europe with fourth as well, but we want to go and beat Rovers. Like We feel that we're just behind Cork and Dundalk as the top three teams, so we have to go and prove that there by finishing third in the league. Alright, just before we finish up, you went off there as a substitution after being on the ground for a while. You feeling okay after that? That was grand. It was just a clash of knees, and at the time when I was going off, I didn't realise it was actually coming off subs. So uh, everything's grand there. Enough. Looking forward now to the last three games. Is the pressure on Derry City? You think it's on Shamrock Rovers for the third spot? Um, it's pressure on both of us. Like both teams want to finish third, so I wouldn't say there's any more pressure on them than there is on us or vice versa. So both teams know that they probably have to win their three games left to clinch third. So. Um, we have two home games and one away, so be confident enough. We've heard from the players, but what was the viewpoint of the manager? Here is Kenny Shields speaking to us at Pitchside post-game. The characteristics of, of a football team, and there were so many decisions went against us tonight. It was there for everybody to see. You guys, your reportage of the game should reflect how difficult it was for us because we couldn't understand some of the decisions. We couldn't get a flow at times. And that was down to the officials. And, and you have to be honest about it, how important it was to us. Seize the opportunity of Shamrock Rovers getting beat last night. Coming down here and losing would have killed us, honestly, after a great opportunity to, to cement third place. Even when it was level, you have to look at them and see how hard they worked. They were, they're fighting a relegation battle. They haven't played for 15 days. We've had three as our third game in six days. And we haven't been able to rest centre-halves, rest full-backs, rest strikers. We haven't been able to do that. And you could see there tonight, they were still going at the end. The Slego game is going to be difficult because we've got four suspensions tonight for the Slego game. And, OK, that's in the future, but that's, let's look at uh, Bohemians now and... I have to say that the players showed enormous character tonight. We continue on with our difficult run-in now with Bohemians coming up on Friday night. They defeated Shamrock Rovers on Derry City a bit of a favour. Bit of pressure still on. We're not there yet for third. I think you all will admit yourself, in our last seven or eight home games, have we dominated every one? I have to say yes, we have. But we haven't got the rewards. You know, We haven't won the games and... It's, it's been very, very difficult because we can't get it across the line at home. I'm delving into that all the time and then I'm looking at it and I'm watching replays of our games. We're just hitting the crossbar every time. And I'd love to give the home supporters a win. Match Night Live on Drive 105. Every game, every football ground, every decision... With the ups. Damien Duff right in front of Kier Gordon. A brilliant stretched out save by Kier Gordon. Just spread his body out. And the down. Every goal at home. Plays it along the ground to Patrick McLean. On the shot from this. It takes a bit of a deflection. Back on the net. And it's 2-0 to Derry City. Tumbling into the bottom corner. 
Derry City 3, Longford Town 0. And every away goal. Oh, it's a free header. Sammy OG has given the home side the lead. Ball takes a deflection. And when it doesn't go for you, it doesn't go for you. Every referee decision, we've got it covered. That's Match Night Live on Drive 105. By the fans, for the fans. We're sat here now in Drive 105 with Barry Tierney and once again Paddy Morrison. I'm going to start with yourself, Barry. Bowes beat Shamrock Rovers. We defeated Longford Town. A good weekend all in for Derry City. It was, and I think I said in my last podcast that there was going to be ups and downs, and it still will be in the next three games left. We'll drop some points along the way, and I expect Shamrock Rovers to drop some points along the way. So it's still all to play for, and hopefully we've that margin that we've got now will be enough to get us through. It was a nervy start, Paddy. Once O'Sullivan had scored that first goal and then put them ahead again with a second one, did you think, again, we're going to draw points here at City Collin Stadium? I thought it was going to be one one of those nights again. I, we, we were under a bit of pressure and I thought we played okay as well. You know, I didn't think we were that bad on the night. Again, the last time we were down there, last time I was down, Paddy McLean rescued us as well too with we a screamer of a goal. A good three points down Longford as Nandy. Give him a like, you know. They seemed to me, you know, that they looked fresher and looked a bit more dynamic than Derry City, particularly in the first half. Obviously, Kenny Shields has alluded to this about how they had 15 days off to prepare for this fixture. We had played three games in six days. I think fresher, maybe yeah, they had that 15-day rest, but they still had a lot to play for. Wexford slipping up the night before, give them that bit of hope that they might be able to climb out of that automatic relegation zone. As Paddy said, I thought, here we go again. Longford, we're going to drop points. We've dropped some silly, silly points this year to a lot weaker teams, and we actually seem to up our game against the better teams. As you say, they come out of the blocks quick. They're full of pace in that team, so they're the lad down Cowan. He terrorised our left-hand side, and the guy, Kaleem Simon, he was pacey on the other side as well, so they had a lot of pace. Yeah, they might have been fresher, but they definitely tired at the end. Like They could hardly even muster attack 3-2 down in the 85th minute when Derry were running. So Derry were definitely the fitter team, but they might have been fresher to start the game. Two guys, Barry mentioned they, they were flame machines. They were very, very quick and uh, gave a Derry back four problems all night. But I think we must have uh, Conor McDermott's energy because Conor's normally full of running and he actually would, would have made one of them guys come back. They actually mark him as well. Leggy, I think some of the Terry players were leggy, like uh, young Ben Doherty, pissed they burn. But when we, when we, uh, the other night there, you know, he just seemed to be dead in his feet. You know, it's not that he had a, an absolutely bad game, you know, but compared to what he was with Dundalk when he was flying up and down the wing, you know, you could just actually see he was just a wee bit off a of, of piss in that one. I think if you look at the number of players that's played nearly almost every game this season for Derry City, if you look right through the heart of it, Jarvis has played most of them, Nico has played nearly every game. Arne McEnough, as is Barry McNamee and Roy Patterson, they give him his dues. Despite his age, he's put in a lot of 90 minutes this season, so there probably is a bit of staleness in the team. Rory Patterson, one of the goal scorers on the night. The first two goals, I have to say, we probably script, but the third goal we should highlight because that ball from Josh Daniels after he came on in the left-hand side was just beautiful, and Rory was in a great position to get himself turned towards the goal and under the back of the net. Rory's Rory, you know, give him a chance and, and he'll take it. I know some people say he doesn't do enough work, but I think off football, Rory's games get better as he's got older. I think probably intelligence with age, you know, he, he doesn't run around like a headless chicken and actually burns himself out. And it was a, it was a great finish for on the money. Like talk, we were talking about Wes Houlihan the other night, putting it through for Shane Long, but Josh Daniels' boss was just as good as Wes Houlihan's for, for Derry. 
I thought defensively Longford were very very poor for all three goals um, that's not criticising how we took them there was, uh, Patterson took his goal well he's really clinical and actually in the first half he missed that probably his easiest chance of the game with the ball rolled across him the penalty spot and he just slotted a wide but it was a brilliant ball from Josh and those two quick fire goals I think just knocked the stuffing out of Longford During the first half in particular I thought both teams gave away too much ground there was an instance uh, for Der- in terms of Derry and away in the attack where one of the weakest passes I've ever seen Connor McCormick play ever just kind of trickled its way towards Rory Patterson and Rory Patterson backed off and backed off and backed off and was allowed that before he was allowed to spin and take a shot Derry City same thing as well and I'd seen it down, mainly down the left hand side because we have said Cowan terrorised down that side Colleen Simon got involved and then you have O'Sullivan who was just looking to get on the scraps yeah that's right and I couldn't believe um, how naive our defend was at times Don Cowan's so right footed and every time he wants to take you down the line and there was one point where we just kept showing him down the line and every time he'd just take two strides and cross the ball and that's actually where O'Sullivan's first goal came from we should have been showing him inside on his left foot because he doesn't have a left foot at all. But I think in the second half, Kenny Shields must have alluded to that because we definitely got a lot tighter to him and didn't let him get him behind as much. Dean Javers, for the first goal, you know, he did get beat in the byline and it was a great ball over. But he held it over from such a, a tight angle. Like, I didn't know how we didn't get a, a touch that they, they knock it out for a corner. But at the same time, I didn't think Dean get much cover. Normally, we've got... The guys come back and actually help him too, you know. So I think that give Acres a space for him to run. That they were normally our winger would come back and, and double up, you know. I just think we were really bad open there. I think that might have been actually our tactic. We left our three men very high up the field. Have you seen the other night? Curtis stayed right up with Patterson. On the other side, we were we were high as well, and even Harry Mann at times looked a bit exposed just because of the formation we were playing. And our centre midfielders weren't getting out quick enough to the fallbacks to give them that support. Paddy, I'm going to pass this one over to you first of all. In our interview we had with Kenny Shields, they said that the officials' performance made the game difficult as it halted the flow of the game. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. I thought, uh, as you know, my 10-year-old daughter went down there with me on Saturday night and she turned around to me half about 25 minutes and the match and says, God, that I thought the boy was bad on Tuesday night, but did, does this boy know what he's doing? I thought some of the decisions, you know, was ridiculous. And not only that, if you look at his officials as well, there's one time Rory Patterson was on the corner, played the ball to himself and she flagged for offside. There was just some ridiculous. And we were sitting in front of the fourth official and he kept turning around and, and shrugging his shoulders and you were looking going... What's going on here? And some some of the decisions were really, really... You couldn't even explain them yourself. And I think the ref would be actually hard to explain some of the decisions to you. That's not the first time I've seen Sean Grant in action. Probably the third time this season. And he's by far, which is incredible in our League of Ireland, the, mo- the worst referee. He's the most inconsistent referee. And he always wants to be centre stage for some reason. He runs about with a chest puffed out. And if you question any of his decisions, it's a straight yellow card. He gains no respect from the players. And I think he should take a leaf out of the guys like a Neil Doyle who can just control the game and lets the game flow. He was constantly stopping the game for innocuous fouls and yet he let a few heavy challenges go on unnoticed so he's so inconsistent. I didn't get a great view of the penalty. I think it might have been. I'm not sure if there was contact or not but I actually thought in the second half Longford had a clear penalty. Um, it was Cowan again that got in and he seemed to be pushed in the box and he ignored that and that just sums him up how inconsistent he is and he's very, very infuriating watching him. Do you think it was a penalty? Looking at it on Monday night, well, from the angle, it looked a penalty. But when we were down on the night, it looked as if it seemed as a Dundalk penalty last week, as if it cut back. And I can see why it was given, if you know what I mean. But but I still think Simon went down very, very easy. I think he should be on the area of the diving team next year anyway. A lot of our players were 
booked for things like Descent uh, throughout the fixture. Jared Doherty, as I've explained these before we started recording, that you weren't aware that he was booked in the tunnel for a protest about some of the decisions that was made in the first half. Harry Monaghan was booked for applauding the, a decision for him getting a free kick. And Derry said he won a free kick through Nico Vemond. And he had turned and said to the referee about giving a card out. And he received one. And now he, along with Harry and Jared Doherty, are due now to miss the game against Sligo Rovers. Those yellow cards, I don't even know how to explain them. And Kenny Shields is looking for an answer too. I think if it was not the game, I would be saying it's ridiculous that we're getting booked for dissent and silly yellow cards like that. But when you're at the game and you know how infuriating it is. And as Kenny Shields, I heard him saying to the fourth official, these guys are... Busting their arse every single day of the week, trying to get fit. Um, there's so much preparation put in the match day, and then a referee comes and just wants to steal the show. It can be so infuriating. So I can see why the players did get frustrated and did start chatting back. Um, but they need to be professional as well and try and uh, channel their anger into their performance. I think leading up to Nico's yellow card, he nearly got leg broke. Them on the field was a late high challenge, you know. So he he was actually it took him about two or three minutes. That he, in fairness, the ref left. The, he actually let the play go on for about three minutes, and he was actually raving in agony. He should have had the sense to stop a match and go back. But Nico got up him when he actually came round again. You could see his temperament was up. And then when he got back, we got a free kick, and then he obviously questioned the ref what happened up there. Again, as Barry says, sometimes as players, it's frustrating. And heat of the moment stuff, you know, that sort of way, it's, it's just, we could be a wee bit more professional, but it's easier said than done when we're sitting in the stand and when anybody's played football at any level, even if you're playing five a side, you turn around and say something at the heat of a moment and you get punished for it then, like, you know. The referee on Friday night, Derek Tomney. Hopefully we're not talking about him this time next week. But we're going to, before we finish up on Longford Town, I talk about Christian Castells. He played his first 90 minutes in the centre of the back three. How did you feel he done in his first 90? I thought he played reasonably well. Longford played to his um, strengths. A lot of high balls and balls um, kicked into there. And he hit it and cleared everything. He wouldn't be the most assured defender I've ever seen on the ball. But when it comes to defending, that's what he does. And he'd done it really well against Longford. He's probably the man of the match for me against Longford. And people slagged him after the Bows game away. But I was at that game. And I, after being subbed after 20 minutes, I didn't think he was that bad. I think he was just a bit over eager in that game. So, no, it was reasonably good against Longford. I sure in front of Jared, and we could actually hear him being vocal as well, and he was trying to get the, the, the guys organised in front of him too. And even going back, as Barry said, the Bows might say I was down as well too. And I know he came in with a couple of rash challenges, but he probably came over here, League of Ireland, somebody he probably heard, oh, it's a physical league. So he tried to make his presence felt a wee bit too early in that match, you know, and picked up an early booking. But, but I thought it didn't put a foot wrong in the back three. and. Saturday night. We're back in Brandywell Stadium this coming Friday night against Bohemians. We haven't won there since we defeated Longford Town 4 0. And Kenny Shields said in his interview, he's trying to put his finger on why we're struggling to want at home. Can any unions offer up an answer? I might actually have one of the answers. Is I think our formation is set to counter press. And when teams come and sit back against us, we're not that great at, at attacking them and getting them behind them. We usually play with one up front and actually changed it against Dundalk. And I thought that was the most threatening we've looked all season at home. Bit of negative vibes probably from the stands as well puts a pressure or pressure on the players a wee bit more and they're a very young team so that could be another reason but it's something they need to work on. I think we have a good record against Bulls this last couple of seasons and I know they beat Shamrock Rovers last Friday night but I would fancy us to get a positive result against them. Yeah, I would agree with Barry but I think 
start with Ronan Curtis up front. Now with Patterson's giving us a wee bit more energy up there because Ronan, Ronan actually reminds me a bit like James McLean. He's actually got that aggression. He's actually got that the world he actually won as well too. So I think he's made a bit of a difference up front. Going back to what Barry said too, you can hear groans and moans in the stand and that's all supporters. Supporters are entitled to say what they want but sometimes if they do make a mistake then it's, oh, oh, do this dairy and we sit and all we hear all night is pressure dairy, pressure dairy, pressure dairy and we're sitting going pressure, pressure what, just keep a ball and if you keep a ball so your team can't score and there's guys thinking right there you have to keep this high tempo pressure, you can't do that for 90 minutes but as Barry said I, th- I think well you know Conor McDermott will be back as well for the Bulls match too and I just think he made such a difference at the right hand side when we're, when, when we're attacking too. In the league games, I've thought that Bohemians lined up in quite a similar way in which we have throughout the season. Maybe they go a wee bit more direct whenever they've got Akinati up front, but they've had Curtis Byrne up front there on Friday night past, so they had to be a wee bit better with their retention. Is that the reason why our games have been so tight against them? Bar in the cup game, obviously. Uh, possibly they do line up, but I think Bulls have a lot of quality players and they've probably underperformed for where they are in the league this season. When you look, they've got Paddy Kiatna, they've got Akinata, who hasn't been nowhere near fit enough this season, but he's a brilliant player, one of the best in the league, I would say. They've got Curtis Byrne as well, who can score a goal. And the guy Lopez in midfield is quite a decent player as well. So I do think we're evenly enough matched, um, and that's why the games have probably been tight enough this season. But now we've switched to the back three, it might um, it might change the tactics a wee bit against them. They are chasing up for fifth place. Do you think they are a team that deserve to be in fifth place if they finish there ahead of Bows and Cycle Rovers? Do you think they've done enough improving from last year? On paper, they do look they do look like a decent side, and they're very evenly matched. I think outside of Cork and Dundalk. The next four or five teams down, are, there's not much between them really in terms of playing squad. And thankfully we're at the top end of that, that chasing pack. Bulls actually didn't have a bad season last year. I think even this this season they were expected to kick on from where they finished last year. But Barry alluded, they know Lopez and uh, the mercenary Kevin and that, you know, they have, good, they have good players in that team. And they are pretty similar to us. And I'm just hoping he's not playing on Friday night because, again, the last time he played, I watched them, you know, I gave Ryan McBride a a Torah time, you know, it's one of them games, as Barry said, the, the three at the back maybe suits us a wee bit more because you can't push, you know, the, the guys f- further forward and, and we can't get the ball back off a off a midfield and it probably suits us with two up front and I think it suits Rory Patterson. They have an, a man up there to actually they help him as well. Do you think we should be a wee bit more weary though because they do have the ability to stretch teams with their fast pace coming out the back and how direct they are, would we be better going to a back four instead of a, a three? I think a back three stood us in good stead the last couple of matches as well too. You know, so against Dundalk we went to a back three and I thought we looked we looked pretty good down in Longford. I know Christian and I came on, but I would say McDermott will come back in again. And Vermullen, we've been just saying that coming up and down the car too. Vermullen's been like a Rolls Royce for us this year. He just he just keeps cruises through games like you know, and I just think we have enough honesty to beat Bowes and Friday. Mm. I think we have more strengths than Bowes and we have to play to our strengths so we shouldn't change our formation just to suit the way Bowes are going to play. We shouldn't force our formation on them. Um, and as Paddy says, really hope that Akinati isn't playing because he is a handful for any defence. That constant run and pace and power. So as I say, I expect us to probably get a positive result against them. I expect a very, very open game. Two teams with nothing really to play for, nothing to lose sort of thing. I know Derry's still going for that third place but I expect it to be really open and a good game. Is Castells the man to make way for McDee coming back on Friday night? Or do you maybe even take away Harry Monaghan, who's been out in that right-hand side playing the wing-back position? Actually, I would be tempted to move Jarvis out to the left wing-back. 
keep Castile there along with Vermillion and then put in Conor McDermott as well. No, I, I would agree with, agree with that as well too because Jarvis gives you more natural left-hand side and better balance. Well, lads, thanks very much for calling down once again and I hope you enjoy the game on Friday night. Would you be interested in taking part in our supporters panel in our City Till I Die supporters podcast? Well, if you are interested, we record on Wednesday evenings. And if you are available between the hours of 6.30 and 7.30, we'd like to hear from you. You can show your interest by tweeting us at CTID Podcast, or you can email your interest to us by getting in contact by emailing us at CTIDPodcastDCFC at gmail.com. Leave your details in that email and we'll get straight back to you. Yeah, around the league this week, we'll start off with news of two different Derry City players. First, of course, being Kevin McHugh, which has been all over the press recently, has announced his retirement uh, after a, a freak accident, resulting in him losing his finger. I'm sure a lot of people know about it or have, have seen the photo, or whether they want to or not, they've seen the photo. But and gagged at it. Yeah, it's not a pretty picture. I wish Kevin McHugh all the best for his recovery and all the best for his, re- his retirement. Love to see him back in football. I think he's, he's such a football man. I can imagine him in some sort of coaching role in the future, and I'm sure. Killian Brennan as well, another Exeter City player, was uh, released by mutual consent from Shamrock Rovers during the week. Didn't see that one coming, to be honest. I know his brother a few weeks ago as well, but I'm sure the two aren't connected. You know, he's another player coming, well, I suppose, near the tail end of his career, so be wondering to see what sort of move he makes next. I know a lot of them are heading the Irish League uh, these days. Do you think that's what he might do, move up north of the border instead of sticking around on our Dublin team? He might well do. Uh, he might want to head home. Uh, I think it's Drogheda he's from, so maybe he'll sign for them. It's a kind of a strange one. You've seen the likes of Ken O'Man and uh, guys like that all heading north. So um, it's a possibility, yeah. I'm sure that that avenue's open there. I mean, with the deal that Irish club are offering, sort of later professionals, they're getting some great offers. So... Um, I'd be surprised if he didn't consider it at least. Tuesday night we had a match which I had to sit and watch because it was probably going to be the match of the season. But it was an alright game. I thought it would be a one-all draw as, as we'll hear later on. Uh, it ended up in a 2-1 to Dundalk. I would have loved at least a draw or, or Cork to win that one just to, just to make it more interesting in the last few games. To be honest I think that's now league over. Not mathematically, but just basically league over. Dundalk lost at home to Sligo as well, which kind of made it more interesting on Tuesday night, but shocker from Gary Rogers, and he, he was actually dropped then from, from the Dundalk team on, on Tuesday night. Strange, you know, he's just gone through a bad patch of form. For a man that was called up to the international squad recently, you, you would expect to see a lot more from him. Gabriel Savard, of course, was having a, a great game and had done that against area as well, so... We'll go around the results now that I predicted on, on must completely. There's the, the Dundalk and Cork City game, which I, uh, I predicted one each, as we was saying there, but 2-1 Dundalk. Daryl Horgan had, I think, it was given out, he scored two goals, but I'm pretty sure that first one was an OG. He protested at the end of the game that it wasn't an assist, it was a goal, but I'm with you, it's definitely an OG in my book. Yeah, if it hits the bar and comes back out again, if that goalkeeper wasn't there, it would come out to six yard box, because it hit the back of the keeper's... Head, it was on the back of the net. Was, I think it was given to Daryl Horgan, so there you go. I think nobody would have predicted the other Dundalk result against Sligo Rovers, the 3 0 that we were chatting about there. I predicted a 2 0 one to Dundalk. Sligo Rovers just turned them over. Another one, I predicted, well, I predicted five goals anyway. Uh, Cork City and Galway United, I predicted it would be another high scoring game, be 3 2 to Cork. There was five goals, but uh, they were all for Cork City. I kind of did well there. You went for a mad one. You even said that you were going for a mad score because you knew they were coming. 
and then it still was a mad score, but went a completely different direction. <laughs> <laughs> it was closer. To, I could have said a one 0 or something, but you know, predicting five goals was that uh, was a good shot. Bowes and Shamrock Rovers then. It was a heart and head moment there. My heart obviously wanted Bowes to win that one, keep Shamrock Rovers away from the third spot, but uh, I didn't think it would happen, so I went for 2-1 to Shamrock Rovers, and I finished 1-0 to Bowes. Finn uh, Herbst and Bray Wanderers, another one nobody's seen coming. If anybody else predicted these right, by the way, they're a liar. After Bray Wanderers, fantastic run of form. Finn Herbst managed to beat them 2-1. I predicted 2-0 to Bray, but... 2-1, a fantastic result for, for Van Herbs there. Sean Houston, I think, got both the goals there. And he actually got another one last night. They were playing some pads. They finished one each. I predicted 1-0 to some pads, but I finished one each in the 94th minute. Again, thanks to Sean Houston. Uh, I'm sure the Van Herbs fans are singing Houston's on fire at some point down there. But, and the uh, great thing is, it's getting them closer to remaining in the division too. I think they need an odd point. The better Wexford youth yeah uh, so it would be fantastic to see them stay I, I know uh, Ollie Horgan's been given a new contract in there as well so uh, they obviously feel he's it's job done to a certain degree just before the, the Fun Harps game at the weekend there they uh, went they had Wexford just in, in Chicor I predicted 3-1 it was the closest I think I got this week it was, uh, it was 4-1 to some Pats on the end of this week's fixtures Bray and some Pats I think if some Pats lose out Derry City's in Europe if we win on Friday, yeah. we're in Europe. Uh, no matter what happens in, uh, in our game, I think if, if some pads lose out, we're in Europe anyway. So I would hope Bray can do us a favour there. Bray will get the result there. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 to Bray. Cork and Finn Harps then. I'm going to go 2-0 to Cork. Derry and Bowes. I'm going to go maybe 2-0 to Derry City. Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk. It was a very tough game the last time we played up in Oriel Park. I think it's going to be another draw between the two of them. But I'm going to go one each. Sligo Rovers and Longford Town. I think Longford are, are, are relegated at this point. I know mathematically they're not, but I think it's more or less they are. And I'm going to go 2-0 Sligo Rovers. Wexford Juice and Galway United. I'm going to go 2-1 Galway. Thanks for taking us around the league. Thanks to the support of our donor Richard McKinney, you can listen to past episodes of the City Till I Die Supporters podcast for free, including Make or Bust, the Dundalk Preview, Looking ahead to the Dundalk match at Brandywell Stadium. They're doing what they've done last year and done what they've done the year before. They're going for three in a row. It's hard to look past them, I think, at the moment for, for the league title. Like. Well, definitely, I think we raise our game against the Dundalks and Corks of this world. And Dundalk certainly won't be looking forward to coming up to play us. Kenny Shields, nobody down this neck of the woods would have known too much about him. Got off to a great start, and if you get off to a good start in this league, if, if you can keep that going, it's very important. Want to destroy Rovers and Tala? Reviewing the action from Derry City versus Shamrock Rovers. Free header for Rory Patterson. Oh. Rory Patterson makes it 1-0. But I mean, overall, I thought it was a superb performance by Derry. Probably one of the best of the season, if I'm being very honest. Would probably say it is the best performance I've seen in the Derry side all, all season. And it's come at the right time as well. Chasing everything down. They were getting to the ball first. Any loose balls they were getting the first. They were putting on tackles all over the field. Or back of the net in which Andrew and I talked about a Derry Pelly-sized elephant in the room. I'm pretty sure if the money had to be made available, it might have been. I think Kenny's made the right choice, and obviously it was down to the manager at the end of the day. Access our library on soundcloud.com by searching for CTID Supporters Podcast DC, or on iTunes by searching hashtag CTID Supporters Podcast. If you're interested in listening to the game on Friday night, if you can't make it, our contributing donors Drive 105, 105.3 FM locally and online at www.drive105.co.uk will be covering the match. Myself, Eddie Sedak and Whitford, ladies and gentlemen. 
Colin Green is even going to do a game with us this week. Shocker, that man hasn't done a match since 1997. You can also find us in Tune on Radio, just up for Drive FM. Radio Foil also doing the game on 83.1 FM and online. This is our third podcast in a week now, Andrew. We've had last week in our hands, where Ethan Barron talking about the Longford Town game of the build-up to it, as well as the two Dundalk Cup games. And we had Philip O'Doherty on the podcast, that we released that on Sunday. And I want to say a big shout-out to everybody that boosted our numbers after the call-out on Sunday. I was a bit upset that I had a leave me bad the edit uh, a lot of people still went on and they press play on that 70 times so thanks very much i appreciated it but what did you think of philip's interview uh, in the podcast i thought it was very open and honest i sort of get the same kind of questions from people all the time there's a lot of ones that you just can't answer the likes of uh, the stuff about the stadium i know there's a question about was, was he gagged and it's not a case of being gagged it's just as as he said in the, in the podcast as well it's it's a case of you can't say anything because we know how, how often it can change and when it's not in your hands, when it's in the, the hands of the council, you, there's no point in announcing something and it'll change last minute because you, you only make the club look stupid then. So I think open and honest answers to everything and as any board of directors should, or any director especially on the board of the city should, there is nothing to hide. There's nothing, it's, it's not all behind closed doors type stuff. It's, you know, come and ask us anything and we'll answer as, as honestly as, as we can but not everybody's going to agree with the answers, especially with the stadium. I know a lot of people want to move and that, but it went well anyway, and hopefully we can get a win again. And if, if anyone has, has any more questions, of course. Someone did have a question, and hopefully you'll be able to give the answer to it. It's in regards to the shares. One of the supporters was asking, how do you go about purchasing one of these shares? Very simple. It's just a matter of contacting the office. Um, uh, either Dodie or Richard or somebody on there will get you sorted with that. It's, it's just a straightforward, it's like a form type of thing, and uh, you just take it from there. Okay, so if you're interested in it, get over there. If you haven't heard the podcast yet, just go to our SoundCloud page, which is on soundcloud.com. Look for CTID Supporters Podcast DC, and it's called Philip O'Doherty on the City Till I Die Supporters Podcast. Let's get to our underage levels and reserves there, Andrew. How did the reserves do at the weekend? The reserves won well, fantastically at the weekend under the management of Kenny Shields and Andrew Horgan. Put out a very strong side, it has to be said, but they beat Bonagy, Bonagy, you still haven't got the answer to which is how it's pronounced. They won 7-0 anyway on Sunday afternoon. Max Kerner has got a hat-trick there. It was, it was a hilarious hat-trick, it has to be said. I, I was talking to him today and he got two goals of his own right. The third one was uh, a shot from Keith Ward, which happened to hit Max Kerner's knee and go into the back of the net. On the one to Max Kerner. <laughs> so, uh, he is the cheeky claimant. He was having a laugh at that today, and I think Keith Ward was uh, on the day as well. So Patrick McLean got a goal, Stephen Duffy, Cahill Farron got a goal again. Uh, and then an OG then finished it off, made it 7 all. Gareth McGlynn played 60 minutes in that game as well, which is fantastic to hear that he's back uh, with the ball at his feet and playing competitive football. It's going to be too early for him against Bohemians, I think, but uh, at least I think he's hoping to get a few games before the end of the season finishes anyway. So. He's not got many left anyway. No. But it'd be great to see him back. The last home match of the season, I think, on the brandy world, it'd be great to see him it's come on, at least, maybe. Uh, last week as well, we mentioned that the under-17s were drawn away to Monaghan Cavern FP. Uh, that's the first round of the Shield competition. That's in Gorda Keegan at 2pm on Saturday, if anybody wants to go. And then lastly, we had to chat about Conor McDermott, who was called up to the under-21s, as we mentioned last week, for Northern Ireland. I'm not sure if it was a shock to anybody, but he, he did start. To, he was on the starting 11 for that. I think some of the press gave it wrong. Some of the press had it down that he was midfield. He actually played right back for 90 minutes and actually was awarded man of the match. 
So uh, fair play to Connor. Um, it was a very very tough game for him, obviously. But I was chatting to him this morning. He enjoyed the experience and he was telling me some of the players he was up against. And the, the France team were changing around so much that you know, he was up against two or three top top quality players and it's great for him to get that experience and I think it's it's, it's only a matter of time before he's one of them top quality players who's over in England with everybody else that was on the pitch that night so it's amazing for Connor and it's amazing for Derry City not only Connor but there's another two guys called up the reserve for the under-21 Ronan Curtis and, and Josh Daniels and of course for the City then there was another four guys from Derry on the pitch as well so great to see for the youth football in Derry that the, all those guys are coming through and looking forward to Friday night now can't wait. It's a big game. It's, it, I suppose it's the only kind of cup final now that we have. Qualifying for Europe is a great achievement that we, I don't think anybody could have dreamed of at the start of the season. You know, We can all say now that maybe Kenny Seals' target was Europe, but you know, everybody knew it was a long stretch. Like, but halfway through the season, you could sort of say it tongue-in-cheek. Now we're actually saying it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a fantastic achievement. and I'm sure there'll be celebrations on Friday night if we get the result and achieve a, a spot in the Europa League. So hopefully we we get them celebrations. Andrew, now I would like to thank Barry and Patty for coming down as part of our supporters panel. And we'd like to thank you for listening and continuing to share the links. Uh, we will be back next week to review all the action for Bohemians and the build-up for the Sligo Rovers game, our final home game at Brandywell. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen. City till I die.